just for isn't it amazing what God is doing all across our city, what He's doing in our nation right now, hearing reports all across the nation about what the Lord is doing. And I just feel like we're in such a great season as a church, that the church is growing, which is a good sign here in Northern Hills and in Lower Hutt. You know, people getting saved, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, people getting discipled, plugged into community. And so I think let's give Jesus praise for that, for what He is doing in our church. And uh, I just fit as as pretty in his church, but um, what it's just amazing. Well, the title of my message this morning is called uh, "Walking in the Eleventh Hour: The Language of Hope." <laughs> as I said, you pretty much just wrote, you know, you know. It's pretty awesome, though, the language of hope. And um, you know, I think it's amazing how God breathes on worship, and then it's like God breathes on my uh, breathes on the message that He wants to release upon His people. How many of you know that we need hope in our lives? Amen. Every day we look at the world around us, and I tell you what, it's just chaos, isn't it? Um, you know, um, I don't watch the news anymore because I just think there's nothing really positive about it. You know, there's wars, there's, there's famines, there's earthquakes, there's floods, there's all these crazy things that's going on in the world. So I just flick on like Daystar and watch Christian World News. That's a lot better. <laughs> Testimonies, people getting saved, healed. Yeah, come on, let's go. I like that news. Um, but there's so much stuff in the world and there's so much negativity around us, right? Do you know the world is just grange in the negativity and it limits our lives if we engage in it too much. And your know, hope is one of those things that we need every day. I don't know about you, but I can't just sing Jesus Christ, my living hope. I'm like, Lord, I need that lived out and breathed out upon my life. And so if you've got your Bibles this morning, um, I'd like you to turn to the uh, book of uh, Numbers chapter 13. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Very good. Hallelujah. Um, cool. Thank you, Jesus. Numbers 13, verse 25. And the Bible says this. Are you there this morning? Yeah. It's okay. Can I just, I've got a rule when I preach. Has anyone not seen me preach before? Uh, great. Your house. You know my rule then. Fantastic. Okay. So my rule when I'm preaching is that it's okay to say hallelujah. It's okay to say thank you, Jesus. It's okay to say amen if you want to. Because if you want to be up before a certain hour today, if you want lunch, uh, you know you might want to be responsive of my preaching, okay? Um, I'm not a quiet preacher. Um, I'm quite, you know, I love pe- preaching with passion and zeal because of what God's done in my life. Um, and so, you know, it's okay to say hallelujah. Amen? Yeah. Oh, see? Ha- Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Someone say thank you, Jesus. Oh, you sound like a beautiful choir this morning. Amen. So there you go. Awesome. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 says this. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they came to Moses and Aaron and to all of the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Karnish and brought back word to them and to the entire congregation and showed them the land's fruit. They reported to Moses and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is, and this is its fruit. My apologies. But the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, walled, and very large. Moreover, we saw there the descendants of Anak, people great stature and courage. 
The people descended from Amet live in the land of the Negev, south country. The Hittite, the Jebusite, and the Omerite live in the whole country. And the Canaanites live by the Dead Sea and along the side of the Jordan. Who would name their children that, right? You know? You know? Anyway. Uh, then, then come on, who would? Like, there's a long word. I don't even know if they're in the dictionary. I mean, like, uh, hallelujah, glory to God. Then Caleb. Not this Caleb, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we will certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we will not be able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are too strong for us. But the men who have gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are too strong for us. Negative report, right? We can't go and defeat the land. We can't go and and see victory because intimidation is coming to my doorstep. For so they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we went is spying it out, is a land that devours inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in there are men of great stature, intimidation, trying to come across these people. There we saw, oh man, that word is Holy Ghost anointed right now. Uh, Nibblim, whatever that is, you, you know, just ask the Lord for interpretation. Uh, the sons of Anak is part of the Nimmin, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read another thing to you. Is that all right? You love a little bit of scripture? Good. Um, good. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. This is a scripture that the Lord spoken to my heart late last night because three times he's been speaking to me through this passage of scripture. And it says this, A woman in the crowd has suffered from an issue of blood for 12 years and had endured much suffering at the hands of many physicians. So she had sent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. She had heard reports about Jesus. And she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. For she thought, if I could just touch his clothing... I will get well. Immediately, her flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering. Immediately, Jesus, recognizing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in around you from all sides and you ask, who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman, though, she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace and be healed from your suffering. Man, there's a lot of scripture. Amen. But here are two incredible stories, one in the Old and one in the New Testament, of how a report in the natural looked impossible. A report that looked so impossible. I mean, this woman, for an example, 12 years, she has this condition. 
12 years it took for a miracle. 12 years. I mean, that's a long time to believe God for a healing, right? I mean, you need a lot of patience. Amen. Well, I know I would anyway. Uh, to receive a miracle by waiting 12 years. But immediately Jesus came on the scene. Let me prophesy to someone's situation today. And I say this, is, you know, when you're going through a heartache, when Jesus comes on your scene, a miracle will happen. But when you are in your negativity, when you're in your downcastness, and when you're in your misery, and when you're walking in your shame, Jesus can't come on your scene. Because you can block out the anointing of his presence from flowing. And hear my heart today, that even in your shame, and even in your fear, and even what you are walking through, God knows it. But so often we can allow these distractions to become our focus. It's like uh, our phone. I don't know if I got my phone here. Yes, I do. Like my phone. I mean, seriously, we can't live without these these devices, right? Oh, you can. Hallelujah. I got a friend. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Nothing worse hanging out with someone and they're on their phone all the time. Like, why are you even hanging out with me then? (laughs) You know, it's just be like. You know, it's just pointless. But our phone has become our vision. This has become our focus. And we live in a a generation where if we don't have the latest iPhone or we don't have the latest iPad or whatever technologies we have, you know, it's like I got this iPhone 14 recently. This is like my first official great phone that I've had ever, I think. Um, I'm still trying to work it out, how to use it, and I've had it for like a month. I'm like to my fiance over here, because she's really great in tech and technology, and I'm not, obviously. And I say, hun, I don't know why this isn't working. I had this phone for two days, true story. I had this phone, and I was on the train coming from the city, and my phone froze. And I'm like... What? I'm like 20 minutes. I'm trying to work this thing out. I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying every, like Lazarus come forth on my phone, like seriously. And literally, Emma's like, try doing this. She's sending me like this app with directions. I'm like, that is not helping the situation. You know me well. Literally, she's like, I'll just wait till the morning. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till the morning, man. I'm going to fast on this. This is going to be awesome. I tried everything. Surely she won't know what to do. She grabs my phone and she goes, hun, it's as simple as this. That's working. I'm like, go away. <laughs> no, I didn't say go away. I love her very much. But you know, I just use it. But so often, our, our phone is our is our focus. We're distracted by our phone. Every notification comes up our phone. Every app you can have. I mean, like, let's just create five different messengers apps, and we're all saying the same thing. Why can't we just use one? makes things a lot more easier, you know? It's like simply communication, but our vision, we are distracted by things. And even our phone can get in the way of the purpose and the plan of God. And we're wondering, God, why can't I see the miracle? Oh, because I'm watching all the YouTube videos. 
non-worship videos, non-teaching videos, but God, I'm looking for a move of God. I'm watching Netflix every second, and I can't, I want a breakthrough. God, why can't I feel your presence? Because we've allowed other vision to get in the way of actually what God is trying to do in our lives. Can I hear an amen out of it? Isn't that true that we live with so much distractions? Everyone wants our attention. I know that because being on staff at church, everyone wants my attention. People want me to meet up with them. And then when I can't meet up with someone, they get offended at me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I also got to look after myself. Somehow myself's not included in my life. Um, <laughs> don't know where, but it's the gym somewhere in my uh, schedule, you know. Some, it's got to be somewhere there, you know. Um, you know. But so often we allow things in our world to get the best of us. And we wonder why we can't see our miracle. That's like Caleb and Joshua. They came, Caleb, sorry, came with the spirit and said, we can conquer the land. We can see a miracle. Come on, somebody. We can see a breakthrough, but there's always one negative person that has to draw to um, spoil the move of God. One person always got to bring a negative reproach. One person always got to, you know, drain the life out of me. I know it's not in this church. It's probably just down the church down the road. It's the other Christians, right? You know? Because we're all holy, but uh, I know for me, like when I'm hanging around a toxic person, I'm like, go away. Like, I've, God's really taught me something really great late, lately, and it's find your voice. Find your voice. Don't just find your lovely, encouraging, oozing, smoothing voice, but actually find your voice to speak in authority. That when gossip's in the room, that I won't entertain the gossip, but I'll say, you know what? Let's change the, the environment. And let's say, that person's amazing. Let's build and unify. See, you're amazing because you've got a gift of prayer intercession on your life. God has anointed you and he's handpicked you for such a time as this. And even the colors that you're wearing today represent the heavenly realms of what you walk in in your life. And there are greater days where the Lord is going to bring out the best of the inside of you. For the Lord says, for you have not seen anything yet. And the Lord says, because you have been faithful over the years, he's about to increase in your life like you've never seen before. And the Lord says that heaven hears your prayers. He hears your midnight hour. And there is a breakthrough coming for you in Jesus name. What have I just done, church? I have spoken into an existence of someone's destiny. And what we do is we literally limit ourselves. I could go around this room today and speak life and life and life over your world and say what God says about you. We need more of this in the body of Christ where we're just going up. Anointed man of God, favored and appointed for such a time as this, hand-picked, chosen, equipped. These are things that we need to start doing because what happens is we take on a, a, a thing in our lives where if we don't understand the importance of miracles in our world, we can take on other distractions that rob a move of God. See, did you feel something just shift when I just did that? What happens? Encouragement is built in someone's life. Hope is built in someone's life. I don't know what Terry might be going through today or what my sister here might be going through, but literally God knows what they're going through. And when we get engagement of his presence, his agenda for our lives, it's called kingdom agenda. We're very good at building our own agenda. 
man's agenda, but actually kingdom agenda. What is God saying right now in the moment? Filling the room, asking him to say, Lord, what are you saying to your people right now? What are you wanting to uh, deliver? It is called hope in Jesus' name. See, hope in the Greek literally means epis, which means to expect, walk and trust and be full of confidence. Be full of confidence. What is your confidence in today, family? What, are your, what is your expectation in today? Well, Brandon, if you know what the pain I'm going through, if you knew the situation, if you knew how my employee has been treating me at work, if you know what my family is saying against behind my back or whatever it might be, you know, I don't know any of that stuff. But let me tell you, God knows. And what God can do for one, he will do for another. He's no respecter of persons. What he does for what that's what, what the word says. What he does for one person, he's going to do for you. And we're going to be full of hope in this hour to believe God again. I know that to be true in my own life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Our lives are designed to walk into the confidence that he has for us. And that is found through the person of Jesus, who is hope. See, hope isn't a feeling. Hope isn't an emotion. Hope is not just a good idea. You know, hope is Jesus. He is a person that we reverence. He's a person that we fear. He is a person that we honor. He is a person that holds the world in the palm of his hand. Think about that. Your world, your situation, your family, your health, your finances, your, your job, everything, your children, amen? He holds your children in the palm of your hand. Hallelujah. Your marriage, he holds it in the palm of your hand. Thank you, Jesus. So I've got a couple of points that I want to encourage you with this morning. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. In order to develop the language of hope, you have to discern what God is doing in uncertain times. See, it's easy to speak a message on this when you're going through success or what we call as success or when we're going through a great day, everything in, that, oh, everything in our lives is um, going well in our lives, it's easy to grab hold of hope then, isn't it? But when you're going through the valley, when David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. When you're going through uncertain times, this is when we need to grab hold of this hope anchor, this hope that is, that is firm and secure, it's not, it's not it's a, it's a faith that cannot be shaken because his name is Jesus. And he's the name above every name. And when you and I look to Jesus and in our certainty, in our pain, that's why I've called us the 11th hour miracle because I believe today that there are 11 hour suddenly miracles that the Lord is wanting to release upon your life this morning in Jesus' name. You know, um, last year, I went for an interesting year. And I'll say interesting because it was quite interesting. And, uh, you know, towards the end of last year, um, I received some news that literally I was not expecting to receive. And, uh, you know, I was in Palmerston North and, you know, I was dating Emma, now engaged to Emma. 
And uh, isn't that cool? We're getting married. Oh, yes, it's Emma, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> what you don't do when you speak somewhere is you live towards halfway through your message to introduce your fiance. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> this is Emma, by the way. But, you know, you know, it's amazing what God's doing in our lives right now in our season. But, you know, last year I received the news that I was uh, losing my job. And, you know, when you going to receive the news, you're going to lose your job. It's not, it's not easy. And, you know, and I was working for a church, and so that wasn't even easier either. And, and you know, COVID, all the rest of it going on. And, and there were some situations around that that happened. And I was going through the fire, and I said, Lord, I am done with ministry. Has anyone done that before? Like, Lord, I am done. I give up. This is too hard. I can't bear this anymore. I'm, I'm just done. And so anyway, I, I was crying out to the Lord. I remember going for a walk and on, a, on this Monday when I found this, this out this news. And I just said, Lord, I turn off all the, I turn off my phone. I don't want any telegram messages coming through. I just don't want to hear any of it. I just want to hear you speak to me. And literally within a second, he spoke this into my heart. He said, I'm relocating you back to Wellington but you can't walk away from your calling, but you can walk away from your gift. You can't walk away from my anointing on your life, but you can walk away from your gift. And right there, something came alive of hope on the inside of me. Well, as you lose a job or whatever, you literally got to apply for another job, right? You know, I've got a, and then I, my mother said to me, oh, come on. Like, you've got to apply for jobs. I'm trying to do that. Anyway, there was, I kept getting decline after decline after decline after decline. I was like, oh, I'll just go back to MSD and be a case manager because I was doing that here in Wellington at that time uh, before that. And literally, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get a job back. Surely. Nope. Decline. NZTA. Decline. Every contact center. Oh, let me like my CV literally has so much contact center experience. I thought, well, maybe I could literally like do something great for God and another government agency. Decline. Everywhere I went was decline. Then my mother rang me. <laughs> Always listen to your parents, right? Yes, amen. Doesn't matter how old you are. I saw this job come up at New World. I said, why would I want to work in a supermarket for? You know, I've never worked in a supermarket. I'm, 30, I'm 35 years old. Why would I want to work in a supermarket for? My mother goes, you'd be good in a supermarket. I thought, oh my gosh, okay. So anyway, anyway so I, I, I literally applied at the supermarket as a checkout supervisor. The day before I finished at working for this church, I literally got this job. 11 hour miracle. Okay, I'll preach on this side, because uh, <laughs> I mean the day before I finished, I had no employment, hello. And then I wasn't getting any pay coming through. You feel sorry for me? That's awesome. Great. Feel the love, you know. But no, I was getting no job. 
I had no job. I didn't know. I was like, but I said, Lord, I'm not going on the benefit. There is no way I'm going to. My trust is in you. I, I mean, I've been through so much in my life, Lord, to get to this far in my life to rely on the government. You are my provider. And then God provided me with this job that I last for three months in. Then New Year's Day. I said, Emma, let's go down to Hope Center. We wanted to go to a service. And so we went down there. Pastor Paul and Jody, as loving as they are, and Pastor Paul said, so how are you doing? I said, oh, yeah, I'm all right, you know. <laughs> you know, be great to catch up. He said this to me. He said, if you ever feel a call back to Wellington, there always will be a role here for you. He had no idea at that stage what was going on in my life, what had happened pre uh, before. And obviously, I know Pastor, I've known Pastor Paul and Jody for a few years, obviously, for him to say that. And right then, the Lord put in my spirit, he said, you need to say yes. We go into the car, and Emma's like, did you hear what he said? I said, I know what he said, and I'm pretending I didn't hear it. Because, guys, like, honestly, I was done. I mean, I mean, you know, I went for a lot, and, and literally, it was just like the Lord was just reassailing into my heart of hearts again, of the call. You can't walk away from your call. And then within like two months, it happened. And I'm here now, and it's hope. It's hope in Jesus' name. Amen? What is it tonight, or this morning, that you are literally walking through that you need an answer? You need a miracle. You need 11th hour, you, like myself. I mean, that might seem small to some people. Some of you in this room, you might have been told a diagnosis from the doctors that looks impossible. You might have been told you've only been given certain weeks to live or, or you know, you might have to sell your house due to being made redundant. I mean, it's tougher situations. But whatever it is in your life in uncertain times, we have to grab hold of the hope that we have in Jesus. Amen? See, my ministry journey, I mean, I've been, in the Lord, I've been in, in the Lord since I was four years old. I was 11 when I encountered the Holy Spirit. I shared it with our lower heart location last Sunday night. And, um, you know, but, you know, even throughout my ministry journey, I've been through some interesting seasons. I've seen some great moments, but I've also seen some sad things that have happened. I've seen people, what breaks my heart, people who no longer walk with Jesus. That breaks my heart more than anything ever. You know, one person who's in this room today who I actually want to honor is Ruth. Ruth has had an incredible impact. I'm going to try not to cry, but Ruth, you've had an impact in my life for many years. And even though there's been a distance over the last few years, there you have always had an amazing impact. And there are moments throughout weeks where the Lord will just remind me of you. And I start to pray for you. And I just want to honor you in front of this congregation of years in this city that you have had. If you don't know Ruth, you need to get to know Ruth's wisdom, her story, her leadership, because she's one incredible woman of God. I had the honor and privilege of living uh, with her uh, son-in-law and daughter for a season. Incredible people. Shahan and Kitty are an amazing couple. And, you know, but I just want to honor you, Ruth, because you have made a way in this, in, in this city in my life. And I just honor you as a mother of the faith today. Can we give it up for Ruth? You are one incredible woman. 
And, uh, you know, but, you know, our hours are very important that we need to understand to grab hold of what God has put on the inside of us. Amen. God responds to our language of faith because it is a language. It's what we declare. Amen. Like a physical language, faith and hope is a language by us releasing an 11th hour miracle. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope, uh, the word uh, defer means the hope is delayed. See, hope is a heart issue, is a character issue. Oh, how much love being developed into character, amen? Yeah, oh man, not many hands go up because the truth is we don't. We're human. None of us love it when our hope, our character is developed because it's painful. It's stretching. It's like pains. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> but we need our character developed daily in order to become more like Jesus. Amen? John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering but I love the Amplified version, but be courageous, be confident, be filled with joy. Ha, come on. I have overcome the world. Be a joyful person. So maybe you're in the season, you need hope to arise in the midst of your challenge. God wants your hope to be released in uncertain times so that the dreams of God can come alive on the inside of you. In Jesus' name, if your dream has been uh, shaken, God wants to restore your broken dream today. In Jesus' name, and through your pain, that's when hope is strengthening because it is your foundation in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And my second point is the language of hope is released through our gratitude. See, we've got to be gr um, thankful people. Always rejoicing in the Lord, as Philippines 4 verse 4 declares. Again, I say rejoice. Always be people full of praise on your lips, because there's power in our tongue. Amen? Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. We have to make sure that we're speaking life, as I said before, over each other, but over ourselves. Amen? David, he encouraged himself in the Lord, didn't he? Daily he had to encourage himself, and this is what he had to do in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 6. He said to his soul, and I call it soul talk, he said, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless and disrupted within me? Hope in God, hope in God. And wait expectantly for him, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me, the burden more than I can bear. Ha. He talked to his soul. He said, soul, why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. He had to talk to himself. Uh, 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 an environment where there was heaviness and despair and discouragement, encouragement had to rise up on the inside of him. See, sometimes you can't wait for someone to encourage you. Hello. Sometimes you can't wait for someone just to spoon feed you the words. 
because that's what a lot of people want. Just spoon food me the great stuff. Oh yeah, I want to hear about the favour, but I don't want to hear about the suffering. Come on. I want to hear about the joy, but I don't want to hear ab- about the mourning. You know? But God hasn't called us to spoon feed Christianity by waiting for someone else to deliver the great word in hours so my, so my flesh feels happy and I've got Holy Ghost goosebumps to next week. No, He actually wants all of us to actually exchange ourselves in the word. And we had to do that ourselves and create spiritual disciplines by encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Amen. I love it when I get a prophetic word, but that doesn't define me. It confirms to me because of what God's done in my life and what He's doing in my life in the secret place. And we have to be people that speak to ourselves and we have to encourage ourselves and we have to listen to podcasts and we have to read books and we have to be in the Word. Amen. If you think that I got saved and then I started preaching, I'm sorry to disappoint you, I didn't. I had to go through a journey of equipping and training to get to where I'm at today. And I'm still on a journey of equipping and training. I think I will be and you will be until Jesus returns for us or until we go home to be with the Lord. Can I hear a great amen to that? Let's never feel like that we are prideful, that we're good enough, that we're talented enough, that we're educated enough for God because God is the God who is the one who says, I want to put confident hope in your 11th hour. In Jesus' name. What you declare you will get. Ha, come on. What you declare you will get, what you prophesy over your life will come to pass. The dream, the prophetic word in Jesus' name. The years that you prayed for that loved one. The years that you've interceded for your family. The years that you've sacrificed. God is saying, I see all and I am going to release in you 11th hour miracle because you have trusted me. You know, the Bible has over 1,400 promises for you. How many of those promises every day do you declare over your life? Do you declare any of them? Do you get up in the morning, look yourself in your bright, clean mirror? and say, this is the day, Lord, that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. My flesh might not be, my circumstance might not be, but I'm gonna take a step of faith. I've had to run up and down around the house and declare, God, this is the day you have made. I am more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath enemy. You say I'm a victim of shame, but I declare right now that I'm a victor in Christ Jesus. Do you declare what He says about your future. Oh, it's easy for you to say, Brendan, because look at you, you're in ministry and you're like, you're, you're doing what you're called to do. Well, let me tell you something. Stop looking at what I'm doing. Start looking at what God's put on the inside of you. Because today, church, there is hope in your final, final outcome. We're singing that this morning. Hallelujah to the one who has set me free. You have broken every chain. Salvation is in your name. Jesus Christ, my living, (laughs) come on. 
Man, come on. We get so excited about the All Blacks. Come on, let's get excited about our living hope this morning. Let's get excited. We're going to be a church that gets excited. We're going to be a church that jump ups and down. We're going to be a church that has a leap in our spirit that says, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. The, the outcome looks impossible, but I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to keep showing people the love of Jesus. I'm going to keep being a, be the hands and feet. I'm going to keep going to prayer group. I'm going to keep going to worship team practice. I'm going to keep going to life group. I'm going to keep going to youth. I'm going to keep going to that young adults hangout. I'm going to keep investing myself into what God has placed on the inside of me because I serve a God of hope in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe God in that, come on, can we give Him a shout of praise this morning? Amen. I want you to say this after me from Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. If you believe that this morning, come on, can you just give God praise in your situation? Come on, let's begin to call on His name. Come on, let's stand to our feet, church, all across this place. Come on, would you stand to your feet right now? There are people in this room, and right now you have been in a place where you feel hopeless. And as you've been hearing this message, we're gonna, uh, if we can go into that Living Hope song, uh, Caleb and the team, that would be absolutely amazing because there's something prophetic on that this morning. But I just really believe that today there are people and there's be a sense where hope has got in the way because of distractions. We're in this place this morning. If you say, Brendan, that is me, I, am, I, I feel like I've got no hope. You have walked into this room today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're away from God. Well, I want to encourage people in this room today to say yes to Jesus. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross, not for a religion, but for a personal relationship with you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave. His one and only Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17 it says this, For God did not come into this world to condemn it. He did not come into this world to condemn you, but He came into this world to save you. I want every Bible-believing Pentecostal Christian to start praying right now, even if it's just for one person in this room this morning that needs to respond to salvation. If that is you this morning, I want you to lift up your hand right now in the presence of God and say, Brendan, that is me. I'm away from God. I need Jesus in my life this morning. Oh, Karabasi, come on, is there anyone this morning that wants to respond to the gift, to the message of salvation today? Jesus went from the one and he pointed to the 1997. I'm going to the one lost. I'm going to the one who doesn't know me. Come on, is there anyone in this room today that needs to say yes to Jesus?